today I want to say just a few words about the second reading, the first reading from Revelation, and just a bit about the assumption, which is always so often confused with the ascension. The ascension, Jesus is raised by his own power within him and then ascends into heaven as God. Mary is, is pulled into heaven like we all will be uh, by the power of God. We have no power of ourselves to go, to go up or down or, or to live again after death. So it's, it's, a, it's really a great, just a great, another great solemnity of hope that we only get to hear about on Sunday once a year. The first reading is really interesting. Just uh, to begin with, uh, just real briefly, one of the great titles of Mary, we hear this in the Litany of Loretto. If you've never prayed that, look it up. It's got all so many of Mary's titles. You've got uh, Litany of Sacred Heart, which has Jesus' titles and St. Joseph, etc. She's called the Ark of the Covenant. Now, why is she called that? See, she's the original Ark, of course, was in the first temple, and when that was destroyed at the Babylonian captivity, it's never been seen again. This has been subject of movies and, and debates and so on, but we've, we've not, nobody's laid on it since then. However, the second temple had absolutely nothing in the Holy of Holies. Uh, the, the original Ark contained the Ten Commandments, and then later they had the manna, some of the manna, and then the, uh, the, the staff. But having said that, Mary is carrying Jesus, and the woman in this, in this first reading is carrying Jesus. So she is the ark, if you will, carrying God in her womb. And we hear this in, in the gospel when Mary and, and Elizabeth are both carrying uh, the prophet, the great prophet, and the son of God. And so she is the Ark of the Covenant, presenting the one that will last forever. And she, this, 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 I keep calling it a gospel, good heavens, uh, revelation, it also refers to the church and, and to the, the Jewish nation. So it, it, it's, a, it's a reading on three levels, like so many of these readings from John. This is John the Evangelist. However, uh, it, the, it almost describes exactly elements of Our Lady Guadalupe, we brought her out. Uh, Hispanic Mass donated this, and uh, I don't want to break it or something, but I want to show you here. See, she's she, uh, she uh, is. Uh, how does it go? I'm having a senior moment here. A woman clothed with the sun. See how Mary's standing in front of the sun. The 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 Indians of that time would have immediately seen that she has conquered the god of the sun that they worshipped and, and made human sacrifices to and probably were glad to get rid of. Then she's standing on Quetzalcoatl, the, the god, the snake here, that other god. So, however, she's not god. She's got her eyes down, which to them immediately symbolized that she was a human being looking down toward the cross that she's wearing, the cross of the conquistadors, the cross of Jesus Christ. And then the stars, of course, are on her garment. The stars over her head. So it's, it's a very close analogy, and I have without doubt that Mary had that in mind, or our Lord did, in this particular apparition, which, of course, converted 7 million Indians in 10 years, the greatest mass conversion in the history of the church. She, there's more to this even. We, we see also a hint as to what's really going on in the world. Mary gives birth and immediately, you notice one third of the stars fall from the sky. In the theology of the church, this represents 
a third of all the angels in their own test, like we're having now, rebelled and fell to the earth. Uh, in other words, they lost their place in heaven, it says elsewhere in Revelation. They've come and they make war on God's children. Uh, in other words, they're only allowed to uh, test us to the degree that God permits, but we're here to be tested. And even the woman, the woman wails in pain. See, she's going, although Mary was, was immaculately conceived, she was not spared a life of suffering is far from it. She had a, a terrible sufferings to endure, not the worst of which was to sit under the cross while her son died of torture. And uh, so she definitely lived a human life just like we did. She was, however, spirited off to Ephesus at one point like this woman and protected in John's community up in the hills above Ephesus. And I won't go into why we know that, but, but that's almost certain from church history. But what I bring that up is that we are also in the middle, midst of this war and having an intercessor in Jesus Christ and his mother, if we say the rosary asked for her help, as a mother she will come and help us to uh, either to, to, uh, to be relieved of a cross or a, or a battle or to win the victory through Christ. No matter how it turns out on earth, it always turns out well in heaven. So when we look at the assumption into heaven, we see Mary, uh, she, most church fathers believe that she died first. I'm certain that she did because Jesus himself died. Uh, death could not hold her because through the immaculate conception, the other thing people get confused about, she was preserved from original sin by the death of Christ, which our Lord, uh, God, the, uh, God the Father, saw ha that would happen because he's outside of time and applied it to her birth. That was necessary because Jesus, who could not sin, could not take his flesh, which he will have forever, from a sinful human body. So because of that, death could not hold her. In the, in the Bible, there are several examples of assumptions into heaven, in case you didn't notice. In the Old Testament, this is from the Jew, Jewish uh, theology, Enoch and Elijah both were assumed into heaven without dying. Enoch walked with God, I'm just quoting from the scripture, and because he walked with God, God took him and he did not die. There's a mystery for you. It doesn't say why, uh, just that he did. And then Elijah, of course, was taken up while Elisha looks on in, in the chariots of God right to heaven, and he did not die. He dropped his mantle uh, of a prophet, and Elisha picked it up. And so uh, that's in the first book of uh, Samuel. And so the third, of course, is when Jesus dies in one of the three synoptic gospels, the, de the, the, the graves of many who had died that were righteous opened and the dead came out and walked amongst others. I doubt very much they went back and enclosed the tomb and got back and, and died again. So they themselves most likely had a resurrected body. But the point is every feast of Mary points to Jesus. Every one of them says something to us about our own nature in Christ. She is simply pointing to Jesus the assumption into heaven is something that we will share with her. 
we are not, none of us will be as uh, in such an exalted position as the one who gave birth to the Son of God, obviously, but we all have our role to play, and it's essential. If you don't fulfill your role, it will be left undone for all eternity. So it's, it's really critical that we uh, listen to God, especially in such challenging times that we live in. My goodness, uh, it, I'm not just speaking of our country, but throughout the world, there's tensions and struggles everywhere. Uh, it's just, uh, and yet we are, we feel powerless to be able to help in some ways, such as the fires in southern Oregon. But we can make a difference in our little world around here. And sometimes God calls us to do great things like her. It's often, it's the lowly that God uses to do great things. I think many of the best things we've had in my time here have come from, not that we're lowly per se, but, but have come from suggestions from others. And this is how God speaks most clearly, I think, here at St. Ed's. So that's what I try to listen to. We are destined to share that body since death could not hold her because she didn't have that, that original sin that we do. Uh, and there may be many others in heaven that have had their bodies already. We don't know. We do know Mary was, though. Uh, the, the, it's interesting to look at the body that she has because we will have one like it. And we know what it is because we can see what the qualities of Jesus's body. If you remember from my sermon two weeks ago, if you were here, when I do the commingling, the water into wine before the consecration, the prayer that I say quietly is, may we come, listen, listen to the radicalness of this, may we come to share in the divinity of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. I, I wish the church would ask me to say those out loud, but it doesn't. So I, once in a while I do, but most often it's, it's a private prayer, but it's meant for all of us. What does it mean to share in the divinity of Christ? I have no idea, but to, to have an immortal body is definitely not an earthly one. We, none of us are immortal in our nature. We all know this. It's a one-way street, you know, on earth. We're just here temporarily, but God will infuse us with eternal life because he is life. And that's what we were meant to have when we were first created on earth, but we lost that somehow. It's a mystery, but it's going to be, it's going to be resolved and we will see everything. Well, we have the ability to instantaneously go from place to place. Just as an aside, I have always loved astronomy. I wanted to be an astronomer until I found out math was involved and that was the end of that. <laughs> You know, but I still I keep up with all the latest stuff. It's hard to believe we hadn't even visited the moon when I was in elementary school, but that's the way it was. But you know, most of it. Let's face it, the distances and the, the conditions on these planets so far do not a, a body like we have it definitely doesn't fit there. If any of you want to go to Mars, be my guest. I prefer to have Safeway <laughs> when I get there, or whatever you want to call it. But but the point is a glorified body, the universe is ours to explore. Even the furthest reaches, just think about it and you're there. That's the way Jesus was. He walked through walls, he had dinner, uh, he didn't put on 19 pounds like I did during COVID. And uh, it, it sounds funny, but you know, it'll be in a state of being that's incredible. And it makes, suddenly our lives here make sense. Mary suffered, we have to suffer. Her life had meaning, Christ had meaning, Ours has meaning. We don't understand now. Mary herself did not always understand. When Jesus was found in the temple, she and Joseph 
had to ponder. They didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. So if she was seeing angels all the time, she would have understood. But she, they were like us, a normal human family, raising a teenager who just happened to be God. Can you imagine doing that? But she did, and it was tough. So uh, this gospel, then, it, it's an overthrowing of the current order, meaning that the most valuable things are the polar opposite of what people who have no use for God think it is. It's not about money and possessions and wealth and power or health. We all lose that in the end. In the, in the end, uh, what matters is doing the will of God, and that primarily means our relations with others and taking advantage of opportunities that God offers us regularly, uh, which we ourselves at St. Ed's try to do. We're always doing outreaches, as you may have noticed. Every one of them is done in your name, and your tithing is what we all do, and, uh, and there'll be many other opportunities coming up in the near future as we approach uh, Christmas and the fall and things. And so with, with, uh, with very great joy, uh, we all need some encouragement in these 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 feasts that we bring up, like the Transfiguration a couple weeks ago, are really giving us a hint as to what's coming. And But first we have to go through that valley of having been through something with Jesus, or what's the point, you know? Uh, after all, in the end, we're most encouraged by something we shared with someone, and, and it can be tough to uh, finish with this. I did a wedding yesterday, and that was great, young couple, and then we had a 50th wedding anniversary blessing after 5-3. Sorry you missed it, but you can look it up on the live stream. I, it was their actual anniversary. It was wonderful to see that 50-year commitment, you know. And that's, that's, the, that's the point. We reached the end of the line. We'll be so glad we stayed committed to the Lord. And if we didn't, uh, God's ready to forgive us. So we can't lose if we only ask him. So thanks be to God for the assumption into heaven and our own future as well.